You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW TalkNet. Hi, everyone. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update here on social media. Thanks for joining us, as always, this busy anti-corruption week here at Judicial Watch. Uh, a major court hearing on a Obama DOJ cover-up about collusion with Hillary Clinton. New smoking gun documents out of the FBI. We caught them in a other cover-up. Uh, you won't believe what we found. Uh, plus, there have been new developments about uh, the IG report, and plus this debate about the Clinton, uh, excuse me, President Trump's pardon power and the general pardon power of the presidency as it relates, obviously, to the Mueller investigation. Uh, first up, though, uh, the developments related to the IG report, the Department of Justice Inspector General report, which I think is looking into at least this segment of the report, looking into the handling of the Clinton email investigation is due out now next week, I think uh, next Thursday. Uh, some of it is leaked this week. Uh, what happens is draft of the, uh, drafts of the report get circulated uh, on Capitol Hill. They get circulated within the Justice Department. They also get circulated with some of the people who are named in the report. So inevitably, leaks occur. The leaks that occurred this week uh, suggest that the report goes after James Comey. They call him, according to news reports, the IG calls him insubordinate in his handling of the Clinton email investigation. And the report also criticizes Loretta Lynch's tarmac meeting and the subsequent handling of it. Uh, We don't have any details about that criticism. But the insubordination as it relates to James Comey is over his handling of the Clinton email disclosures uh, late in the presidential campaign where after a month of knowing uh, the uh, Clinton emails were on the Anthony Weiner laptop, the FBI knew this, James Comey uh, told it to Congress, who of course told it to the American people. Now, Hillary Clinton has claimed uh, improper activity with relation to her campaign with Comey's disclosure there, that there was an intervention by Comey in the campaign and it swayed the election one way or another. Not many people buy it, Uh, But it's a fair question to ask, and it's interesting that it's the IG who is focusing on Hillary Clinton's complaint about Comey's conduct as opposed to the more serious complaint and the more substantial complaint that Comey covered up the Clinton email scandal through a fraud sham investigation. The IG takes the position, evidently, at least in the part leaked, that uh, Comey should not have disclosed information about his investigation into the Clinton emails and Anthony Weiner's laptop because it interfered with the election, and he did it over the objections of the Justice Department, meaning the insubordination. Well, you know, they may or may not be right in that regard, but it certainly is a narrow focus of the IG, and I hope that's not the whole thing. But I've warned you that the IG report is not going to be what you might think it is in terms of being critical of the Obama Justice Department in a way uh, that some conservatives and Republicans want. It may be that they criticize Comey uh, for uh, doing things against Hillary Clinton publicly through his July 2016 uh, press conference and obviously the handling of the Anthony Weiner laptop. But I want to talk more about the Anthony Weiner laptop emails because Comey is criticized evidently for disclosing the investigation into that at a late stage in the campaign. 
but I want to know why it is they did nothing about those Anthony Weiner laptop emails uh, that were actually Clinton emails. Judicial Watch subsequently confirmed classified information was on that laptop. Again, Judicial Watch, we confirmed it. The FBI didn't voluntarily disclose it. The State Department didn't voluntarily disclose it. We had to sue to get the records. And they show that at least 18 classified emails were on the Anthony Weiner laptop. And Hillary Clinton wasn't prosecuted. She should have been prosecuted and still can be prosecuted. Is the IG going to focus on Hillary Clinton being left off the hook? I don't know. Certainly the initial impression is that uh, it focuses on Comey and Hillary Clinton's complaint about Comey improperly intervening in the campaign. Ironically, Rod Rosenstein, the Deputy Attorney General under President Trump, also complained about that. Frankly, I don't think Comey should have been talking about what Hillary Clinton did or didn't do as FBI director. And I've criticized him almost immediately after that July 2016 press conference. He should have said, look, we did an investigation. We're not recommending a prosecution. Talk to the DOJ about any further action or any details about the investigation. But in order to protect the reputation of the FBI, because he knew the investigation was a sham and wired, he wanted to protect his and the FBI's reputation. He thought the way he could do that was by excoriating Hillary Clinton while actually protecting her. He wanted to have his cake and eat it too. So the IG, at least initially, according to this, uh, these leaks, is focusing on the excoriation of Hillary Clinton as opposed to the protection racket that James Comey happily participated in with Loretta Lynch at the Justice Department in protecting Hillary Clinton. So we've got the Wiener laptop emails that uh, contain classified information that Hillary Clinton and Yuma Abedin, her uh, former wife, are responsible for. And James Comey thought there was nothing that should have been done there. But the IG complains about his uh, uh, doing something in, insubord in an insubordinate way in terms of disclosing that or the objections of his uh, bosses at the Justice Department. Now, as I said, Rod Rosenstein complained about this in a memo he gave to President Trump, which in part formed the basis for firing Comey. So this IG report confirms further that President Trump was right to fire James Comey. He mishandled the Clinton email investigation both ways, in terms of excoriating her improperly and covering up the investigation. And obviously, his involvement in Spygate, Russiagate, his dodginess with the Clinton DNC dossier, his lack of trustworthiness, his obvious hatred for President Trump, all warranted his firing. So this really undermines, and the media won't focus on this, it undermines the Mueller investigation. Because if the IG criticizes uh, Comey's conduct, it reconfirms that Rosenstein was right to criticize Comey's conduct on the same issue. And it reconfirms that Trump was right to fire Mr. Comey. So why on earth is he investigating Mr. Mueller? Why is he investigating President Trump's decision to fire James Comey? There's no basis to do it. Further information from an independent source, it looks like, the IG, that undermines the credibility of the special counsel investigation. A special counsel investigation created again by a corrupt act. 
James Comey taking the FBI records of, uh, uh, of President Trump, leaking them to the New York Times, as Comey admits, to get a special counsel appointed to investigate President Trump as part of a vendetta, evidently, that Mr. Comey had against Trump over firing him. So you had the fundamental corruption behind the appointment of Mueller. And, uh, and of course, now Mueller, since has abused his authority, you've got constitutional issues about who he reports to, and his out-of-control nature. So this IG report is interesting. And as I said, it's going to be, there's going to be material for both sides in the debate. So beware, uh, be warned, it comes out next week. Along those lines with Mueller, you've got the debate about presidential pardons. Now, President Trump uh, pardoned someone uh, who, I haven't looked too closely into the case, but he, put, he commuted the sentence of a felon at the request. Uh, it was raised with him by Kim Kardashian, uh, and uh, he pardoned her or commuted the sentence. Now, the left is excoriating Ms. Kardashian, who seems like uh, someone who is uh, pursuing this issue in a uh, selfless way. Uh, she seems not to have uh, an axe to grind ideologically. She just became interested in the issue uh, on behalf of this person who was incarcerated. And uh, she seems uh, uh, completely straightforward in this regard. Now, I don't necessarily buy into pardoning people in jail. I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm skeptical of that. I'm skeptical of this effort uh, to uh, uh, let a lot of people out of jail through so-called criminal justice reform. Uh, but the nasty remarks directed at Kim Kardashian, because President Trump decided to pardon or commute the sentence of this person, uh, just shows you just how uh, anti-Trump the media is. And uh, someone like Kim Kardashian, who probably is no fan of President Trump generally, who uh, was trying to research the issue and in good faith trying to promote it and educate President Trump on it, uh, the whole pardon issue has become... A big, uh, a big debate here in Washington, D.C., because the left is thinking, well, when he's doing these pardons, he's sending a signal out to witnesses in the Mueller operation that they may get pardons as well. Well, I think the president should pardon people caught up in the Mueller operation. I think he should pardon General Flynn. I think he frankly should consider a pardon to Paul Manafort. Manafort may be guilty of crimes. I don't think he would have been prosecuted, though, but for his relationship with uh, President Trump. And certainly he's been subject to abusive tactics by the Mueller operation. Remember that raid? Guns drawn, pre-dawn raid where they raided his home, took pictures of his suits, his business attire, yeah, his suits. That's what the Mueller operation's about. The president should consider pardoning everyone caught up in the Mueller operation in addition to shutting it down. Now the debate also is whether President Trump can pardon himself. Rudy Giuliani, the president's lawyer, has suggested that to be the case, and the president has reaffirmed it. He says he has the absolute right to pardon himself. Again, the left is all in a titter over that. I have little doubt the president can pardon himself. And frankly, the Mueller operation shows you why the Constitution allows the president to pardon himself if necessary. When you have an abusive prosecution, a political prosecution like this, you have to have this pardon power available, including for himself. And the question the liberal left has is, and uh, Republicans who don't like President Trump and are skeptical of this generally, 
uh, say, well, is the president above the law? Of course he's not above the law. You're not acting above the law if you apply a power given to you by the Constitution. Now, is it possible a pardon for oneself or a pardon for others could rise to the level of criminal acts and abuses? Maybe. The criminality, I don't think, can be litigated. The abuses can only be litigated through the impeachment process, which is the check the founders gave us on abuses by the executive. So if there are abusive pardons, there's the impeachment option. And I don't think Congress is going to impeach President Trump for pardoning himself from this Mueller investigation. Now, I don't know if he's going to need to. You know, frankly, I I would just prepare for the worst. That's why I suggest shutting Mueller down and pardoning up others. But uh, the idea that the president can't pardon himself, there's nothing in the Constitution that limits the pardon power. Now, the left and the right point to um, uh, Justice Department opinions from the Nixon era saying the president can't pardon himself. Well, those are just opinions. The courts really can't even judge it if it's brought to the courts. The courts can't even adjudicate this, in my view. It's up to Congress to adjudicate it through the impeachment process. And I didn't go to go there. But this is typical. The president, this President Trump, because people don't like, so there are some people who don't like President Trump, is not allowed to be the president. He's not allowed to issue pardons. He's not allowed to talk to foreign leaders. He's not allowed to tweet. He's not allowed to order the Justice Department to release documents. He's not allowed to fire his FBI director because he doesn't trust him and because he's corrupt. The left thinks President Trump shouldn't be president, so therefore everything he does that any other president would have the power to do under our Constitution is suspect and should be denied to him. I don't buy it. And they include the pardon power here. I think the president has been relatively restrained in the exercise of the pardon power. I mean, compared to what Obama did and the corruption that Clinton did, the corrupt pardons he issued, arguably in exchange for cash, no one was prosecuted there. I don't know if Clinton could have been prosecuted, but people who paid him money to get a pardon, they could have been prosecuted for a bribery. But James Comey ironically looked into that, and he didn't find anything. So so we can trust that, right? So uh, just something to think about as this debate continues. I want to get to the big Judicial Watch news. We just uncovered another FBI cover-up related to the Clinton-Lynch tarmac meeting. Now, going back to the beginning, we had the Clinton-Lynch tarmac meeting take place. Everyone was outraged about it, or sensible people were outraged about it. So Judicial Watch does what we do, which is uh, we filed FOIA requests. We got stonewalled by the Obama administration, and we sued for the records in court. So the Justice Department turned over records to us, uh, including talking points used by Loretta Lynch to discuss the tarmac meeting. Talking points, by the way, which were redacted by this Justice Department and still are being redacted by this Justice Department. But the Justice Department records showed that there were Justice Department communications with the FBI about the tarmac meeting, which was interesting because the FBI had told us they had no records about that tarmac meeting in our litigation. So they lied to us. So we caught them in a cover-up. Subsequent to us, they gave, subsequent to us covering, uh, exposing that cover-up, they said, oh, well, we'll look again. And so they found uh, 29 or so documents 
I forget whether it was pages or documents, it doesn't matter. And those documents show the FBI wasn't really concerned about the substance and the outrage of the corruption of the Clinton-Lynch-Tarmac meeting, but more concerned about how it was leaked. So more concerned about the leaking than anything else. That's your FBI. Oh, wait, then it turns out they were more documents they hadn't given to us. So first they tell us they had no documents, and then they said we did a search, and then they found more documents. And then they did another search and found yet other documents that had been hidden to us. So there's a twofer there, two, two cover-ups, well, actually three, we caught the FBI in. And so we just got these other documents the FBI found, 16 pages of documents, and guess what? One of them is an email or emails from Peter Strzok. Who's Peter Strzok? You may remember him, Strzok Page, the anti-Trump, pro-Clinton FBI official who had those infamous text messages with Lisa Page that we've been battling for. And the FBI wants to take two years to turn over all the communications between the two. Well, no wonder, because the records show Peter Strzok was in the middle of it all. Of course, he ran the Clinton investigation in large measure, ran the Russiagate investigation in large measure for the FBI until he was removed after these text messages were discovered by the IG. Removed in secret by Mueller, by the way, and that was kept from the American people for four years, four months, excuse me. But the struck emails show that uh, the Clinton email investigation was wired. Well, how do they show this? Well, there's an email that uh, Strzok sent his, one of his buddies, uh, frankly his supervisor, at the FBI, um, Bill, Bill Priestap, who is assistant director for the FBI counterintelligence division. And so uh, I think Strzok was immediately under uh, Priestap. And he sent uh, an email saying that the Clinton, let me get, let me get the email out directly here. The email is uh, conveying a news article. It says, Lynch to remove herself from decision over Clinton emails, officials say. Well, she didn't really remove herself. She just agreed to accept whatever Comey told her, which is absurd. And um, Strzok sends it along to uh, Bill Priestap, who says that... uh, excuse me, to uh, uh, Jonathan Moffa, another FBI official. And he writes, well, that's an interesting development uh, in response to Strzok's email conveying the article. Let me start over. Peter Strzok sends the article. Moffa says, oh, that's an interesting development about Lynch recusing herself, really not recusing herself. And this is the kicker. Strzok responds, note, this has been under discussion since last April. Timing's not great, but what are you going to do? And he writes back, Muffa, nothing. We just keep doing what we need to do and let this swirl around us. So this email suggests that the Clinton email investigation decision-making, that decision, whether to prosecute it or not, from the FBI's perspective and the DOJ's perspective, was already wired back in April of 2016, which was months before Hillary Clinton was actually interviewed, if you wouldn't even want to call it an interview. So it just confirms the Clinton email investigation was wired early on, corruptly, by the FBI, 
This truck email confirms that. No wonder they held it from us. So it's not, it's not necessarily the Clinton-Lynch tarmac meeting. It's the corruption exposed as a result to talk about and talking about it. Because what the FBI's position was is like, look, look, we, this, this meeting really screwed us up because it's going to make it look like it was uh, corrupted, even though we already made the decision not to prosecute her before the meeting took place. That was their concern. And there's something else in this document batch that we received, and it's about James Comey, and it really makes him look bad. Because, as I said, the FBI apparatus was more concerned about the leaks than anything else uh, that led to the disclosure of this corrupt act, the uh, Bill, Bill Clinton-Loretta Lynch meeting. Again, why was it corrupt? Uh, Hillary Clinton was under criminal investigation, even Loretta Lynch, even though Loretta Lynch corruptly tried to keep that away from the American people, that information. Also, the Clinton Foundation was under investigation, supposedly. So Bill Clinton was not only a potential witness in this investigation or investigations, but potentially a subject or a target. So, uh, again, what is the FBI's reaction? Well, we have this security official in the FBI uh, writing that uh, in reaction about James Comey. He writes to his colleagues, our job is to protect the boss from harm and embarrassment, undermine embarrassment. So there you go. So you've got security officials at the FBI saying their job is political, protect James Comey from embarrassment. What a dangerous approach for A, the FBI, B, any security officials working to protect the life of James Comey from threats. That's why we have security for people like James Comey, the president, senior government officials, not to protect them from embarrassment, but protect their lives and the lives of innocents around them from physical threats. And why did this come up? Because it looks like that someone, maybe the FBI, had told reporters not to film the encounter between Bill Clinton and Loretta Lynch. And the documents are cagey as to whether that took place. So these are the documents we have to fight for that Judicial Watch got. Congress didn't release them. Justice Department had to be forced to release them. The FBI had to be forced, had to, be forced to release them uh, because they told us they had no documents, and it turns out they had this other batch of documents. Why on earth did the FBI cover these records up? I want to know more about this cover-up. Is, is there going to be an Inspector General investigation over the handling of this FOIA case? I doubt it. And, as I, and remember, the Justice Department is still withholding information about the tarmac meeting, including the draft talking points Loretta Lynch needed. If it was no big deal, why did they need talking points? I don't have them with me, but you can go online and look at them, paragraph after paragraph of talking points that are blacked out by the Jeff Sessions Justice Department. So if you want to know why sometimes the president is frustrated at the Justice Department, I'm sure he's aware that they're protecting Hillary Clinton and the Obama Justice Department. They're doing it on a tarmac meeting. It. They're doing it with Hillary Clinton. They're doing it on Spygate, on masking, you name it. 
And to that end, we've spent two hours in court this week, federal court hearing, fighting this Justice Department over an issue related to Obama Justice Department collusion with the Clinton campaign. Two hours. So this is the issue. Peter Kadzik, who was a top official in the Justice Department, sent an email to John Podesta. The email was disclosed through this WikiLeaks leak. And the email was, quote, heads up. And I have it here. To John Podesta from Kadzik. He sent it to him on his personal email account, his Gmail account. There is an HGC oversight hearing today where the head of our civil division will testify, likely to get questions on the State Department emails. Another filing in the FOIA case went in last night, or will go in this AM, that indicates it will be a while, 2016, before the department posts the emails. So you have the Justice Department corruptly colluding with the Clinton campaign by giving them information that's not public about the Clinton email matter. Now, this was disclosed through WikiLeaks. Uh, the Justice Department during the hearing, and so we sued for records that Peter Kadzik had with um, uh, communicate, records about communications or records of communications between Kadzik and anyone at the, Justice, at the Clinton campaign, top officials at the Clinton campaign. Well, you wouldn't believe the runaround we are getting from this Justice Department. So Kadzik says, or we're told by the Justice Department, he told them that he looked for the records but couldn't find the email at issue. So the next question is, when you do a search under FOIA, is, well, where did you look? What, did you, what search terms did you use? The Justice Department refuses to tell us that. And um, supposedly he couldn't find anything else. And the Justice Department refuses to uh, give us assurances that a proper search was done to make sure there was nothing else. Nothing else. Now, I don't know whether Kadzik was purposely deleting records or purposely not looking, but there's a process for making sure the right thing was done. And this Justice Department refuses to do so. So that's why we were in court for two hours the other day. Our lawyer, Michael Pekesha, was presenting the argument, and I just get to sit there watching aghast for two hours as the Justice Department uh, dances around the fact that this government official used a non-government email to communicate with the Clinton campaign about a Justice Department investigation and Justice Department litigation over the Clinton email issue, which was the central issue for the Clinton uh, campaign during that whole time period. So the Justice Department today is defending corruption from the Justice Department of yesterday during the Obama administration. So if you want to know why it looks like sometimes they're going to explode here, it's because this Justice Department is covering up for Hillary Clinton and the Obama administration in ways I can't even get into or have enough time in the day to get into. Uh, next week, we have another court hearing. It was supposed to be today, but it's been postponed. So next week, we have another court hearing on Fusion GPS. And we're getting the runaround from the Justice Department on that issue as well. Because Bruce Orr, you may recall, the Fusion GPS uh, 
uh, his wife had worked for Fusion GPS, and he was the number four official at the Justice Department before he was recently demoted, was in communication with Fusion GPS, the Clinton campaign vendor who was targeting President Trump, or then-candidate Trump. And his wife was working for Fusion GPS. And even after Fusion GPS supposedly became persona non grata at the Justice Department, or was still in communications with Fusion GPS, his wife's employer. So we want records, right, about communications with the Justice Department, by the Justice Department, and or with Fusion GPS. Justice Department, six months after we asked for the records, several months after we sued for them in court, have yet to agree to do a search. They don't want to search the Attorney General's office, telling us that Jeff Sheston's office can't possibly have any communications. We don't know that. We don't know what everyone in Jeff Sessions' office was doing. So they don't want to do any significant search. And they're fighting us specifically about where they're going to search and how long. And obviously, they're, de- they're stonewalling doing the search at all. It's incredible. And we're going to have to be in federal court again on it. Who is running the Justice Department? Who is running the Justice Department? They're protecting Hillary Clinton, and they're protecting the corruption that the DOJ and FBI engaged in with respect to targeting Team Trump. So they really need to, the president needs to take an active role here, I, I believe, in ensuring transparency on these issues, issue a transparency directive on all these issues, so we get the full uh, picture of what went on during the Obama administration and now, frankly, during the Trump administration. Because the Justice Department is still out of control. Because Mueller is part of the Justice Department. Is he still using Fusion GPS? I don't know. So um, a lot of things here that are frustrating, but things seem like they're out of control. But Judicial Watch shows you there's a way to get things back under control. We have this Freedom of Information Act, this ability to go into federal court and force the FBI to turn over documents. We have this court process that has the Justice Department come in and explain itself to a federal court judge or judges about why it's delaying or refusing to search for records. And Judicial Watch is doing this in a way no one else is doing here in Washington, D.C. We have dozens of active lawsuits about these issues, Russiagate, Deep State, Spygate, Fusion GPS, Clinton emails, and things like that, and other issues of public importance. Congress rarely goes to court. Sometimes the media goes to court, but that's hit and miss. Judicial Watch is in court in significant ways to hold the government to account. No one else is doing it. No one else is doing it. So if you're not supporting Judicial Watch, I encourage you to support our work, both financially and to spread the word about the good work we're doing, to get the word out about documents we find, lawsuits that we pursue, to expose the corruption and lack of accountability and lack of transparency by our government. If the government doesn't want you to know what it's up to, how on earth can we have consent of the governed? And Judicial Watch is showing there is a way to solve the problem 
by using the tools available to us under the law to hold our government to account. Because we're not going to wait for the IG, we're not going to wait for Congress, we're not going to wait for the Justice Department and the FBI to voluntarily disclose records long after we're dead. We're doing the work here right now on behalf of you, the American people. So thanks for joining us this week, and I'll see you next week here on Judicial Watch's weekly update. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate.